Hannah Salito, skin healing expert and best-selling author. Welcome to episode three of my skincare podcast. Let's glow with best-selling author and skin healing expert, Hannah Salito. On today's episode, I'm chatting to Caroline Fatterini, whose skin flaring prompted her to make a major decision which would change the course of her health and life. Reminding us that sometimes we need to make a big change to see big changes. It was actually easier for me to break away from all the negative influences and pressures back at home by doing that. And it took some careful planning and it did take some investment. But for me, it wasn't easy financially, but I made it happen because I really felt I didn't want to carry on living my life the way that I had been. I knew what I wanted to do. But by going there, I was then surrounded by 11 other incredibly supportive women, all going as strangers and meeting for the first time and spending that month together. It really made me see how important self-care is and that it's not selfish and that I was just as deserving of a, of a happy life as anybody. It wasn't my job just to make everybody else happy. We'll be speaking to Caroline a little bit later on on today's show. Talking of self-care, we spoke with my lovely friend and naturopath, Nikki Hill, last week. For anyone who missed the last podcast, just recap quickly for us, Nikki. What is it you do as a naturopath? Good question. A naturopath is a nutritionist and a herbalist. It's sort of an umbrella term for those two modalities. So it's a four-year degree, um, so a Bachelor in Health Science I received in naturopathy. So yeah, so we, I can do what a nutritionist can do and a herbalist. And I quite, I think from being a naturopath, we've got a really beautiful, you know, we can look at people for a big overview of people and have lots of different sort of tools that we can use in order to help, you know, on their health journey. I wanted to chat about a few things this week. We'll come on to exercise and our mental attitude towards our skin shortly. But patience, I think, is a biggie. Everybody wants healing like yesterday. And I absolutely get it. I really do. But being patient, living with something so visible is incredibly tough. That said, natural healing isn't about masking symptoms with a cream. It's not about disguising what we see on the outside with suppressant medication. This is about a long-term healing protocol and I think that can be quite difficult can't it to get your head around yes absolutely absolutely they do say in natural medicine that for every year you've had a condition it will take a month of treatment so this is what we say herbal medicine treatment so in a way if you know if you're 30 and you've suffered psoriasis for 20 years that's 20 months of <laughs> herbal medicine you know when we when we look at those kind of time frames so you can't expect the condition just to disappear overnight or within 28 days and as you said some people get you know the most phenomenal results in that you know in a short period of time but a lot of people don't and as Miss Danielle says, it's about, you know, you will see improvements and um, that could be lighter in colour if that's one of the first signs. It might not disappear, but you can start to see positive things. You might get less of a spread, less spots, 
you might find that you know your circulation's better. So from a um, naturopathic point of view, if you're sleeping better, if your energy's better, if your mood's better, if your digestive system's better, these are the most positive signs that you're heading in the right direction. You know, if your skin condition is you know not getting worse, but other signs are improving, it just shows that you're in the right you're heading in the right direction. And from a naturopathic point of view as well, I remember when we studied skin, it can be the last thing that heals for a lot of people as well. A lot of the times if the liver or the digestive system is compromised, you know, it can come out on the skin. Not to put people off, but it's being realistic that weight and skin conditions can take their time to heal. But the beautiful thing is other things will improve in the meantime. Your mood, your energy, all of these things are what you want to be looking at. And I think if your mood does improve, like Miss Danielle, you become more optimistic, don't you? And that will give you more of a sort of reason to stick to things. You know, look at your overall health, think, actually, I want to have better energy. And actually, if you really probably thought about it, if you could improve your mental health, you would rather that than improve your skin. In a way, you'd be thinking, I, I would rather have good energy and still have my psoriasis then have no psoriasis but still not have great energy and not great mood I just think it's priorities and looking at that as well for me I think the hardest part in living with a skin condition was being positive about it we spoke to Miss Red Danielle last week and her attitude towards her body and skin is just phenomenal and she used the line last week, fake it till you make it. If you don't have that genuine sense of positivity towards your skin just yet, focus on something else, whether that's diet or mindfulness or meditation or exercise. Don't worry too much and don't put all that emphasis and focus on the bits that you're struggling with the most. Yes, I love that. I think that's right. It's sort of, um, you can't just... Exactly right. You know, trying to be positive about something that you think I'm not positive about this. I can't be positive. You know, I'm just fooling myself. Look at something else because it will have a positive effect on that, whether that is just going for a walk out in nature for 10 minutes. That might just boost your mood enough for you to come home and want to make a really nourishing meal. And then that just has a knock on effect. And I think that is where it is. It's sort of like looking at what you can deal with right now. And it's it's that journey. And you will end up, you know, it's like yoga. I hated yoga when I first started yoga because I just wanted to be able to, I mean, I remember I couldn't even touch my toes. And I was looking at everyone else in the room and they could. And I, you know, and I don't like not being the best at everything. (laughs) I found it really like, I don't like this. I don't like yoga. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. And I realized that A, it's not about comparing yourself to other people. It was the, it was, you know, we used to do meditation at the end and my mind would wander. I was like, I can't do this. You know, I just, I need to just be running and sweating. And I'd say it took years. It took years of going because I knew the benefits of yoga to a point where I would I would see improvements and all of that. But then when we got to the meditation part, I was able to just slow my breath down and concentrate and switch off. Still thoughts come in and out, but that you realize that that's not what it's about. It's not about eliminating thoughts from your brain. It's just about not taking them on and sort of like letting them come in and then go again. And then another thought would come in and go and then bringing back to the breath. And now I'd say I just absolutely love yoga. So, and, you know, and I advocate it for everybody, but I forget 
that I hated it when I first started it. And so with a lot of clients, they might hate it. It's about saying you're going to hate it but stick with it and then one day you'll be preaching it to everyone and it and you know it's also like about mindfulness or meditation it's a skill you have to learn and it's going to take time just because you don't master it for the first time ever doing it doesn't mean it's not going to have a positive effect i think it's it's seeing the research out there for mental well-being and the positive effect it has on you that it's just one of these things that you think okay i'm actually just going to do it and over time, it will come natural to you. But anything new is is hard to begin with. I remember at the end of my yoga class, when I first began learning yoga, we would do a meditation at the end of the session. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I was sort of sat at the back of the room, squinting through my eyes, trying to see what people were sitting like and breathing like and what they were doing. Yep. And you, yeah, it's so true. And you're self-conscious as well. And you're sort of like thinking oh my god it's like when my yoga teacher chants now like we do chanting and I love it but when we first did it I mean we were all we were all laughing we were also thinking oh my god you know we're so insecure about it and just thinking self-conscious whereas now now I just I love it but again it took me a while to to get over that kind of feeling self-conscious and and that and being, and being open to it, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like it's being open to these different modalities because it's not coming from a scientific point of view. It can be dismissed, but actually it can be one of the most powerful, powerful things. And actually, which is what's quite nice is the research papers are coming out now about the benefits. I found it really beneficial simply just to stop you know and that was something that I struggled with a lot at first but I'm getting better at it this week for example I've been traveling a lot not enough rest and so this morning I got up and I would usually go and do a super long bike ride but instead I thought for my body the best thing would be to have a lie-in so that's exactly what I did that's fantastic that you thought actually no I'm better off relaxing now than going out but a lot of people I think when you don't understand the impact stress has on the body the guilt will come in and you know they'll be thinking oh no I've got to go out or if I don't go out now I'm going to lose you know all the training that I've done and actually you don't if anything if you haven't recovered properly you'll probably perform worse than if you actually recovered properly and then went out the next day you probably get a better result than going out gosh I see that a lot I see that a lot and and also the other thing I find with clients uh, specifically I mean I mainly see women they over they do over train over exercise and it's because they love sport they love the feeling of it but they're also um, I feel like training as though they are a professional athlete and they're not so a professional athlete will be prioritizing their sleep. They'd be prioritizing their food. It's their job. So they probably don't have any other things that they have to do because sport is their job. And therefore, the amount of exercise they do, it's fine for their body because they're recovering from it. You know, they're getting physio massages, ice baths, you know, they're doing all these things. And then you look at the lay person <laughs> where we're kind of working out intensely but also we've got, we've also got a full-time job that we're managing. You know, we've got kids maybe. We've got all of these other things. We might not be sleeping properly. We might not be fueling our bodies properly. And then we wonder, 
why we get all these sort of hormonal issues, our skin's worse, why we're getting injured, (laughs) why we're not looking like that person, you know, the professional athlete, because we're comparing ourselves, aren't we nowadays? Because we can, we want to look like them with your triathlon training and things like that. It works in with your lifestyle. People that follow you need to understand that as well, that they don't have to do crazy triathlons (laughs) because, you know, they might want to be like you and want to think that that's what they have to do, but actually... I'm just telling you, oh, you don't have to be like Hannah. Um, you know, maybe they think I need to exercise like Hannah to look like Hannah, whereas actually they don't. You just love it. You've got the time and you prioritize that. And you've also sorted out your sleep, your diet and all of those kind of things. So you can do it and benefit from it. But you don't need to be doing that kind of exercise intensity to be healthy, you know. It's true. And I don't want anyone to feel as though they need to work out, you know, to that extreme. Because, hey, I started six years ago with a five kilometer park run. And I walked most of that, in all honesty. It took me the best part of an hour to complete it. So I didn't set off doing these crazy enjoyable endurance events it was a sort of gradual process and that's the thing like just doing walking for 5ks you know could be the biggest accomplishment for somebody or you know we've all got different goals and I think that's the thing it's about setting achievable goals you know and it might be one day to do a triathlon but in that you know that might take you a year to kind of get up to that stage and it's again looking at your lifestyle and thinking is this actually what I should be doing at the moment or not and you find actually a lot of people get ill when they go on holiday and a lot of the time it's because the body's like oh Finally, I can get over this bug that's been going around that I haven't been able to fight off because you've been doing, you know, been running at 100 miles per hour for the last three months and things like that. And it's your immune system so compromised that you end up picking up things once you start to slow down. The biggest impact you have on your health is just day to day things. And it's boring things like getting up and going to bed at the same time, prioritizing sleep looking at your stress levels, all of these kind of things. These are the things that will set you up for recovery and health, long-term health. Absolutely. I've got this vision of a wheel. We touched on it a little bit last week and it's going to feature in my second book. Changing one element alone out of that wheel that then begins to reinforce this positive change. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. I love that idea of the wheel because it is a bit... You know, and as we said before, just doing one little thing is going to have a positive effect on everything else. It's like your systems of your body. If your liver's compromised, giving up alcohol is just going to take that burden off your liver for a while. So once your liver starts to work better, your digestive system will be better, your thyroid would be better. And so just doing that one little thing has a knock-on effect to all other systems of the body. If somebody wants to go deeper into this, Nikki, and considers looking for a naturopathic doctor, wanting to work with a naturopath themselves, is it something that you offer remotely or how do people go about finding somebody to work with? I'm registered with the General Council of Registered Naturopaths and you can find naturopaths in your local area through that. But I do Skype consultations and online is just as good. I do think it always benefits seeing a naturopath, especially where you feel like it's such a minefield out there on where to start and so much information. And I think we don't need more information. Our brains don't need more information. They just need more 
clarity and actions, little attainable actions that people can just start implementing into their lifestyle, which is what a naturopath would be able to do. And also the other thing a naturopath can do is support them with herbal medicine, nutrition, and be able to offset a lot of that stress. It just basically gets people to recovery a lot quicker when you're supporting someone. And also I've got access to a lot of functional testing as well. So if hormones is a massive issue, there's lots of tests that can be done to help pinpoint exactly what's going on there. Same with your gut. You know, if you've got a lot of digestive issues, a lot of health starts in the gut. So stool tests are amazing to see if there's any underlying infections or your microbiome. I've got access to a lot of testing that you can, um, again, that just fast tracks and pinpoints exactly what's going on with you that we can then remedy with um, either herbal medicine or whatever it is to help get you feeling better quicker. But yeah, I'd always recommend seeing a health practitioner just to support you and uh, on your journey and accountability is a massive one isn't it just knowing that you've got someone and also someone that's got your back and is invested in you um, and you don't have to do this alone a lot of people specialize in different things so a naturopath is someone that you could go pretty much we help everything that you would go to your gp with that's not acute so if you've got an acute kidney infection you want to be on antibiotics asap you wouldn't come into a naturopath with that but if it's more chronic problems so anything from digestive issues skin issues hormone issues aches and pains you know all of these types of things this is where a naturopath can really benefit even if you're on pharmaceutical medicine we can work alongside that you know there's so much you can do with your diet and lifestyle that can support any sort of medication that you may already be on we do lots of yeah lots of can sort of sort of support anything really I love that and it really doesn't have to be a sort of them and us scenario does it I've always I've always said that you can support people in whichever way they're choosing to embark on this journey whether that's through natural lifestyle change alone or a combination of dietary change and medication for me the two absolutely do not have to be mutually exclusive and I get really frustrated when the doctors feel the need to dismiss dietary change and discourage dietary change without really understanding because we put so much faith in our GPs I agree with you 100% and it's not you know it's, it's like it's like with like any conditions a lot of doctors they don't really see how lifestyle or diet can impact but I love Dr Chatterjee lives up right near me up north and he's very much advocates lifestyle medicine now and is teaching other doctors the power of natural medicine which is amazing because finally doctors are becoming more open to other forms of you know natural medicine and lifestyle medicine so I think people are becoming more receptive to it but it's it's still got a long way to go when I went with my hormone issues they just sort of rather than telling me what I had or anything they just said here take the pill and I took the pill and I remember getting a period thinking, oh my God, I've got a period, not realizing it was just the withdrawal bleed from the hormones in the pill. And within about three to four months, it cleared my skin. And so I was just, and I also um, grew boobs. I used to have like flat chested. So I was like thinking the pill was the best thing ever. (laughs) I was like, this is the best drug ever. And until, until I started getting side effects from it and also 
I was so nervous about coming off the pill thinking that one, my period wouldn't come back and two, my skin would come back. So it was a real fear. I felt like I had to stay on it, which I can imagine steroids do to psoriasis. You think, I don't want to not put this on because I don't want the condition to come back. And I remember going to the GP saying, I was on the pill saying, I'm thinking of coming off the pill because, you know, I don't know if I want to be on it. And I was really worried about my fertility because obviously all I wanted to be was a mom. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I don't have periods. Like, you know, is that possible? And the GP said to me, he said, don't come off the pill. And when you want to have babies, we've got drugs for that as well. There was no solution. It was just, well, if you've got issues with that, we've got something else that you can take. There was no understanding. I just felt so demotivated. I also felt embarrassed asking the question because it was a male doctor as well. I just felt deflated coming out of that consultation thinking, oh my God, I've just got to be on the pill forever. And oh my God, you know, if I can't have babies, I'm going to have to be, you know, do and there'll be other drugs I'm going to have to take and all of this kind of stuff. And it was actually when I was studying natural medicine, we were studying about PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome. They were putting up all the symptoms on the board. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I think that's what I've got. I think that's what I've got. And I remember going to the GP and saying, I want all of these tests done because I think I've got PCOS. And they were a bit reluctant to do it, but it was a female doctor and she said, okay, I'll do it. Anyway, it came back that I had PCOS and I felt like finally I know what's going on with myself and now I can go about trying to help heal myself knowing what's going on. And so I came off the pill and that's where I started taking herbs, changing my diet, all of this kind of stuff. And I've been symptom-free for about 16 years now. So periods, clockwork, no symptoms whatsoever, fell pregnant the month of trying, all of these things that when I was 20 thinking that was never, ever, ever going to happen. And it was partly because no one told me what was going on. I was just given the pill without any explanation. There was no like, in their minds, diet and lifestyle had nothing to do with my PCOS or could help with it. The only solution was you have to be on the pill. And I think natural medicine is quite popular in Australia. You know, there's a lot of naturopaths in Australia. Whereas when I first came to the UK, which gosh, was about 15 years ago now, there's not as many naturopaths. So, you know, when you were saying at the beginning how a lot of people don't know what a naturopath is, I think it's because again, it's not mainstream. There's still, it's still in the UK. There's a lot of nutritionists and nutritional therapists, which again are amazing, but there's not a lot of naturopaths. And I think that's why people don't realize there's another option. I think that's the thing with, um, you know, your book and saying, actually, there is a massive component that, you know, diet and lifestyle can heal psoriasis naturally. Because doctors have never been studied this or have been taught that at school, they are going to be very much like, no, 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 you know, we don't believe in this. And which is really sad because it can work and that's the thing and you're living proof of that and so are millions of the people that you've helped. Again, from a naturopathic point of view, we do get that. We do get that healing. And so if you if you want someone to help support you on your journey, a naturopath would be a a good support there definitely and how do people reach out to you nikki what's the best way for them to contact you if they want to work with you specifically um is to contact me through my website so it's nikki hill apothecary a-p-o-t-h-e-c-a-r-y dot com 
And you can email me through that. I'm also on Instagram at Nikki Hill Apothecary. That would be the best way of reaching out to me is, is probably sending me an email. Nikki, it's wonderful as always to chat with you. Thank you so much. Hannah Salito's natural skincare range is available to order now. Featuring a skin soothing spray, scar minimizing oil, hair care, teas and tinctures. It's the natural solution to support your skin healing journey. Order now at hannahsalito.com. My next guest struggled with a skin condition that, as with so many of us, impacted lots of different aspects of her day-to-day life. Caroline, it's so lovely to chat with you. Let's get straight in there. If I could start by asking you a little bit about your backstory. Tell me about your skin condition and when you were first diagnosed. I first started with psoriasis when I turned 30. And I went to the doctors not knowing what it was. And I had these little cigarette burn type small patches all over me. And the doctor didn't know what it was and kept going away and coming back. Was it eczema? One thing and another. Eventually got diagnosed and went through a course of UV treatment. Because at that point, about 80% of my body was covered. And my scalp was covered. And particularly on my back and on my tummy, the patches had grown to be the size of the palm of my hand and they were quite scaly and very itchy and at night time I would feel like spiders were crawling all over me and I was going to bed covered in thick heavy creams and it slowly took over life. Um, I am a single mom to four now teenage children and I was studying and working full time and certain amount of stress isn't possible to relieve in my life. So the first round of medical treatment did alleviate symptoms and got it back to a manageable level and I carried on like that and then more recently I was in an abusive relationship a stressful job going through a difficult time and I had an incredibly bad flare-up and went back to the doctors and they really just said to me that they didn't want me to do light treatment again there were side effects and they started to mention the drugs like cyclosporine and all the side effects and I just knew instantly it wasn't for me and I'd been increasing my yoga practice to try and reduce my stress and then I came across a friend of mine who had a relative who was a Chinese medical practitioner and that was the first time that things like liver cleansing and nightshades were ever words that I'd heard. And I looked into it and I probably dabbled in and out of uh, trying various different things and nothing was really working. And I was beginning to accept that it was just something I was going to have to live with. I suppose about 50% of my symptoms had returned, but the scalp psoriasis was one of the ones that was the most affecting to me on a daily basis because I was just always conscious that there was flaky skin on my shoulders at work or when I was going out, and it really prevented me from wanting to do things that I enjoyed. About a year ago, I discovered your book through some searching online and started to read more about nightshades, more about all sorts of other things. I'd given up wheat largely due to stomach problems but had never contemplated giving up dairy or cutting down on alcohol or cutting out sugar Um, and even though I thought it was very healthy the things that I was eating a lot of them were a lot of dairy products peppers tomatoes really quite a Mediterranean diet I did your 30-day plan green juice and water and and 
everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, but I felt good from the from the very beginning, felt really good and managed over the course of a few months to really improve things. But I wasn't doing it. I wasn't sticking to things rig rigorously enough. I was having lots of treats. I thought they were treats and cheats and chocolate here and there. And sometimes I would do my meditation and my yoga. Sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I'd follow the diet and sometimes I wouldn't. And I have a very stressful job still and all grown up and teenage children still going on. But I really felt at the beginning of the year that I just wanted to really commit myself to what I knew was was already working for me quite well. But I thought if I do it 100%, maybe it can work for me 100%. So I made an opportunity to get away and I got myself out of my relationship. I got myself off to Thailand and I trained to be a yoga teacher in March of this year. And during that three and a half weeks, because I was on a vegetarian yoga retreat, I was able to completely cut out everything from my diet, the nightshades, the sugar, the caffeine, the alcohol, nothing processed, drinking tons of water, meditating and doing yoga every day. And I came back home in April and people didn't recognize me and they just said I had this glow and was, was just looking so much better. And since then, I've just, I still have my kids and I still have my job, but I teach yoga two or three times a week and I practice yoga and meditate every day. I drink liters more water. That was my big one. I was skipping the water. I stick to everything, everything I believe in, everything that you say in your book and I stick to it and it's really working for me. I have a few little scars, patches on my skin which are yet to fade but my scalp is completely free of psoriasis and 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 the sort of person who used to go to bed with my head covered in coconut oil every night. And, um, you know, I've wrapped my skin in cling film and I've, you know, I've worn leggings with just coconut oil packed inside them literally and gone to bed. And, and at the moment, by following a good diet the proper way and by making sure I take time for me to relax physically and mentally every day, I'm virtually free of any of the symptoms that have plagued me really for the last 10 years. So I'm just feeling really good and really happy about it. And um, yeah, I can't, I just, I tell everybody <laughs> I meet about, about your book that suffers from any sort of skin problems because it's just been the most fantastic thing for me. That's so kind, Caroline. And it's something I truly love and appreciate about this community that we're building is this willingness to share photographs, to share stories and to spread the word. You mentioned stress there. Do you feel that stress has played a significant role in your case? Yeah, I think stress is probably 50% responsible in my situation. Being a single mum, I've always given a lot to everybody else. And that's been my default setting. And I think in relationships too, and staying in unhealthy relationships for too long and the stress that comes with that. And I had to really change my mindset and realise I have to look after myself first. If somebody that is in your life isn't encouraging you to do what's best for you and is trying to hold you back in whatever way, shape or form, that's never going to be good for you. And I've learned that finally and learned to give myself the nourishment and the, the life that I need to be healthy and happy. It's also a daily practice. It takes daily action 
I have to take time. And that for me, I think a bit like you, that's getting up earlier. I get up at five or six in the morning and I make time for what I need to do. Even sometimes I just sit on my yoga mat and I just sit there. But I try to just relax in daily life and I try not to do so many things for other people and tell them the things I need to do for myself first. You talk about taking time for you. And my philosophy is that if we want to see big changes in our lives, we need to be prepared to make big changes in our lives, whether that's our diet or our work environment or our relationships. You've spoken about this amazing retreat break in Thailand with your job and your family, your children, your commitments here. Was that a pretty big step to take? It was. It was. It, there were a lot of excuses I was giving myself about why I couldn't go, that I couldn't leave my kids. And the eldest one was 20 and I couldn't leave them for that time. I couldn't get the time off work. And um, I'm surrounded by some good friends who supported me. And one in particular said, well, you're running out of excuses and reasons why you can't go. And she said, if you haven't booked this by the end of the week, you need to go. And all my yoga teachers were encouraging me. It was actually easier for me to break away from all the negative influences and pressures back at home by doing that. And it took some careful planning and it did take some investment. But for me, it wasn't easy financially, but I made it happen because I really felt I didn't want to carry on living my life the way that I had been. I knew what I wanted to do. But by going there, I was then surrounded by 11 other incredibly supportive women, all going as strangers and meeting for the first time and spending that month together. It really made me see how important self-care is and that it's not selfish and that I was just as deserving of a, of a happy life as anybody. It wasn't my job just to make everybody else happy. And it was just the best thing that I've ever done. And for some people, it's just, a, you know, going to stay with a friend or just maybe it's changing a job. But you actually can do those things if you really want to. You can do them. And, and I've done so much more since then because of the confidence it's given me, which has just been great. You talk about drinking wine as a confidence boost before, and it's a part of your story that I can most definitely relate to. What's your relationship with alcohol like now? It's it's completely changed. I think we obviously do have a bit of a drinking culture and the industry that I work in, and I do still enjoy a glass of wine with friends or a gin and tonic, I can't lie. But at the moment, I limit it, and it's probably, at its most, it's once a week. And I would say I I stop at one or two because I know how I will feel the next day and afterwards. And I, one of the things that I learned through uh, the yoga training and learning about Ayurveda and all kinds of ancient methods of, of medicine, learning about how the food and, the, and whatever you take into your body is like a medicine. And if you give yourself goodness, you'll have good things, but I know alcohol is a poison and it does it does me no good. I'm just as likely now to go out with friends and have a sparkling water or or something else. And I don't drink at home and there's plenty of wine in my fridge. I live with adult children, but I don't reach for it when I come home anymore. I'm more likely to go to a class or go for a swim or just come in and have some you know cold ice sparkling water and relax and enjoy my evening also knowing that I'm going to remember the occasions I spend with people more because I found as I got older that 
it would take less alcohol to give me a bad hangover and also less to make me not remember what exactly what had gone on the night before. And I do like to get up early, so it hampers my ability to do that. So I don't see it as an evil, but I don't see it as a friend either. It's not out of my life completely, but it's something I really wouldn't miss if it wasn't in my life anymore. And 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said that. Every every Friday night was a three bottle of wine affair and <laughs> the rest was forgotten. I listened to your story, Caroline, and I can completely relate. I remember my friends worrying that I wasn't going to be at parties anymore when I stopped drinking. I think whenever we make these significant changes in our lives, it obviously has an impact on those around us. How have your friends and family, your children, responded to the new you? They've all been really good, actually. The children have noticed that I'm calmer and more relaxed at home. It can be a lot to manage coming home from a a long week and wanting to be present for them. At home, we have a calmer um, atmosphere, a calmer outlook. I'm definitely less focused on their achievement and more on their happiness. I think there's a lot of pressure on teenagers. Two of mine are going through GCSEs and A-levels and one's at university and one's working And they feel pressure through academic pressure, through social media, to be a certain way, to achieve a certain thing. And as parents, we can get easily trapped into using our children's success as a sort of proof of our own success and and that sort of thing. And I've learned to focus on telling them that they need to be happy and doing things that they enjoy rather than getting A's and getting degrees and all that kind of thing. And friends have been really, really happy for me. Most of them not see me single. Most of them not see me this happy. Most of them not see me this free to choose what I do and where I go and how I live my life. And they've been brilliantly supportive. Most of them come have been to one of my yoga classes at some time or another. A lot of them who would never have tried it before. And it's just been great. They've just been really, really positive, which is nice. Yoga obviously played a significant role in your skin healing journey. Interestingly, it's the exercise that I most often recommend to anybody struggling with a painful skin condition, especially where strenuous exercise might add to that pain. Nikki spoke about it earlier as well. It's great for anyone who feels as though they can't actually begin to exercise because they might be overweight or unfit. Is yoga really for everyone? You must hear all sorts of reasons and excuses from people struggling to begin. Yeah, absolutely. I I hear lots of things. There's a a really good quote because people always like to say one thing is they're not flexible enough for yoga. I can't remember who said it was someone said saying that you're not flexible enough for yoga. It's like saying you're too dirty to take a bath. And it's and it's one of those things. But but I've had those moments where I felt my skin was too bad to go to a yoga class or any kind of fitness class because you'd want to cover up and then you'd be too hot. Yoga is one whole philosophy, really, that is accepting of everybody, at every age and stage, every level of ability. And it's about finding the right situation that you feel comfortable in. You will find yoga classes where people seem to look whatever we define perfect is dressed in um, lycra, but you'll also find a whole variety of other ones and every age range. I teach particularly a very uh, meditative style of yoga, which is called yin, which is about just relaxing for many minutes in relaxing postures for deep stretching and doesn't really require much physical ability at all. 
And people, we do it on a Sunday evening, people will come in their pyjamas and people will come with blankets and cushions to relax. And also, I think I was at a point once where I didn't feel confident enough to join a class and I had a one-to-one lesson in my own home to teach me how to get back on track with my practice and then because I wanted to do my yoga at home because often any class environment can feel intimidating if you're feeling self-conscious or you're not in the right place. So I wouldn't say a class environment is always the right thing for you at that particular time. It can be, but there's always different ways and there's so much information available online and on YouTube videos. So long as you're careful and you're not pushing yourself to hurt yourself, then I think there's a right way into it for everybody at whatever stage they're at, but it will only prove to help improve your circulation reduce your stress levels, increase your confidence. Yoga classes aren't like lots of gym classes. It's not a competitive sport. People are there for their own practice. They're they're not caring about what you're doing. It's not about how good you are. It's just about being there and doing it, really. So I would just encourage anyone to give it a try at any level they feel comfortable. We've talked a lot about the changes that you've made, Caroline, and the visible difference that you've seen in your skin. How has your life changed since you've healed? I think it's in some of the simpler things, such as being able to wear the clothes you feel like wearing rather than thinking I must wear a light coloured top or I will need to stop at lunchtime, find somewhere to put some cream on. Or particularly the very warm weather that we've had at the moment, I've been able to wear skirts and have my calves out without wearing tights. And I haven't had to cover up in heavy clothes and be really hot and uncomfortable. It's given me the confidence to just do what's right for me in in daily life as well. I've also learned that I, you know, I do have marks and scars on my body, but I've also learned that that's okay. And I have had my bikini on when I've been on holiday or when I've been for a swim. And I've just thought it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. They don't know my journey and I'm not interested in anybody who wants to judge me by the way I look. And that's also helped me feel less anxious and stressful about going into lots of situations. I think particularly at work, I work in a very male dominated, suited and booted type environment. And it's really need to feel confident a lot. And I think I've Not only have I felt more confident, but more relaxed in work type situations. And that's really important to present a confident front in the job that I do. So I think psoriasis has been at the front of my mind for so long. I would say it's moving towards the back now. It's not the first thing that I think about in any given situation where at one point it really was. So would you say this way of being, this way of eating, this way of exercising, that it's simply become life now. Yeah, it has. I have to go to dinners and lunches with my job sometimes. And then I love to go out and eat with with friends. And I never wanted to be stuck in my kitchen peeling celery and not being able to enjoy anything. But I've also learned that you can go anywhere and if you can just ask for them to make you a green salad and also not to feel apologetic for it in front of company and I just say people oh that's just what I eat don't worry about it a lot of it comes from confidence just to make the choices that are right for me whatever the situation and not to feel pressured or put off by 
the environment you're in or by anyone else that you might be with and to have the strength and confidence to say no to something that you know you don't want to eat or drink and things like birthday cakes and not to feel that I'm hurting somebody else by not having a piece of their birthday cake on their birthday whereas before I would have eaten it to make them feel better whereas they really don't care and I've learned that I have to do what's best for me no matter what the situation is. You look so happy and smiley and radiant now. Life must feel incredibly different as if you're no longer sort of almost held back. Yeah, definitely. And there were definitely things that I wasn't doing because I felt I couldn't because of my skin condition or because of my confidence. And I don't avoid things anymore. And it's allowing me to be more spontaneous, have more fun, especially with my kids we just recently went on holiday together and we went on a boat trip and we we had uh, somebody else was captain of the boat. So in front of a stranger to be in a bikini, just having fun with my children, not constantly worrying about what I look like or what can anyone see was something I simply wouldn't have done a year ago. So it's really helping me enjoy life a lot more. And do you think with this enjoyment of life, do you see continued changes along the way, maybe moving to coach yoga full time, for example? I'd really love to. The reality is at the moment, even though the children are getting older, I don't have a lot of help. I don't have any family. So there's a big burden on me financially to support the family and everything. So, But I do have a a bit of a pipe dream one day of maybe setting up a wellness centre and as the children don't need my financial support, I can back away from work a bit. And uh, that's something that I'd really like to to get into because money for money's sake, it's never been about that for me. I've just, it's just to how, you know, look after the children and everything, support them. So I have a really good job, but I have no money left at the end of every month once all the needs are taken care of. I won't need that money anymore. And I'm not looking forward to having the money to spend on, I don't know, handbags or or whatever, I would like to be able to save for a few years and then, you know, semi-retire and just focus on the kind of wellness stuff because it, it's just more meaningful to me than, than... I love my job because it's given me freedom to stand, you know, to stand completely on my own. I don't have need anybody's help and that's a great feeling. But at the same time, it's a very unforgiving environment construction and architecture and very demanding clients and it's relentless and that for me over another 10 years of time I don't think would be really good for me it's just not what I want so we'll see. Caroline thank you so much for chatting with me today if you'd like to follow Caroline on Instagram at Caroline Fatterini underscore yoga she holds regular yin yoga classes up in Yorkshire at Sweaty Betty and Rudding Park Hotel which I'm sure she would love for you to attend check out her website sweatwellness.co.uk and as a fellow skin warrior she can empathize and work with you to make sure you're extra comfortable Radiant is Hannah Salito's best-selling book, featuring all the information you need to get started, a dedicated 28-day plan, and over 100 recipes to heal skin from within. Order now at hannahsalito.com, via Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, or your local independent bookshop. Next week, we're talking to Paula. Paula's life changed this year when she not only transformed her skin, but dropped from a size 20 to a size 10 in the process. 
having just come back from Ibiza looking incredible and with the confidence to wear a bikini on holiday for the first time in years, I'm going to chat to Paula about how that transformation feels and how it's impacted those closest to her. I'll also be speaking with food scientist Janice Klein, whose scientific qualifications led her from the corporate world working on tastes and textures for some of the UK's biggest brands to a life of purpose helping people to transform their gut bacteria by fermenting foods. It's something Janice feels incredibly passionate about. Sometimes for someone to go from feeling okay to vibrant good health, it's like that wee missing bit of the jigsaw that because, again, because it really establishes a better balance of bacteria in your gut and that's where your health, it all comes from the gut, all of it. Really, since about 2000, there's been so much more scientific research and it's all good. It's all go for probiotics. It really is. Janice will be joining us on the podcast next week. Thanks for listening, guys. You can check out my book, Radiant, which features the 28-day plan Caroline referred to earlier. It's available on my website, hannasoloto.com, via Amazon, Waterstones, and all good local independent bookshops. Let's Glow with best-selling author and skin healing expert, Hannah Salito. Keep up to date at hannahsalito.com, on Instagram at MyGoodnessRecipes, or Twitter at Hannah Salito.